0: Now, Kamala Harris, the vice president, is back after her trip to Guatemala City and to Mexico City. And it was a fiasco. So let's walk through this. Even CNN is reporting that this didn't really work out. So the quote from the reporter, Jeremy Diamond, using anonymous sources. So believe me, you don't know whether this is true or not. Uh, Diamond says, quote, there are now concerns that some of the progress in Central America may have been overshadowed by the vice president's answers to some questions that her team knew she would be facing. It's left some of the Biden administration perplexed and the vice president's team frustrated. Wow, that's CNN. Now, again, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, she didn't look good over there. um, That's for sure. Um, Now. The thing that really torpedoed uh, the whole trip was Lester Holt, the NBC anchor, showing up in Guatemala City. Roll the tape. Do you have any plans to visit the border? At some point, you know, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. <laughs> so she just said four times she's been to the border. He says, you yeah, haven't been to the border. And then she says, I haven't been to Europe. <laughs> what? So in her campaign, I think she went down to the border. But now she's the border czarina. Biden, who totally botched this whole border thing, dismantled a policy that was working. The Trump remain in Mexico policy, dismantled for no reason. So Biden then says, Well, you fix it, and gives it to Harris, who he doesn't like, by the way. And Harris goes, I don't want to do this. So she doesn't even go down to talk to anybody down there. But she hasn't been to Europe either. Well, where does that have to do with the border? I haven't been to New Zealand, <laughs> but if I were appointed to clean up the border mess, I think I'd go down. No? So, predictably, this fiasco is getting hammered.
1: Roll it. Murray, it's not gonna do a bit of good that money will end up in the hands of corrupt cartels, it'll end up in bad places. I can tell you where it won't go. It won't go towards humane policies that prevent people from leaving those countries and coming to the United States. The conditions down there are terrible, and a little bit of money from the United States isn't gonna solve it. The
0: GOP knows Harris remains a popular rival and may one day run for president herself. The vice president, for her part, viewed the trip as a success, and she did demonstrate an ability to go toe-to-toe with world leaders or inability to more quickly bat away, a criticism from GOP critics clouded the focus of the trip. You are not CBDS all day long. GOP critics? How about American critics? How about Americans who say, if you're gonna give Central America 861 million taxpayer dollars, you better get something for it. How about Americans? Oh, no, it's those mean Republicans. They're the ones that are really screwing everything up. Oh, yeah, that's Walter Cronkite's network. It's like fifth grade. Okay, so uh, Harris um, did do one thing there that got a lot of attention. She said to the poor migrants, the poor people living in Central America, don't come to the USA. All right, you heard that soundbite. Don't come here, don't come here. Well, Ocasio Cortez, who wants open borders and everybody flooding in, She wants to overwhelm the United States with foreign nationals for her own purposes because she wants a socialist government. She says, quote, this is disappointing to see. This is about Kamala Harris. First, seeking asylum at any U.S. border is a 100% legal method of arrival. Second, the U.S. spent decades contributing to regime change and destabilization in Latin America. We can't help someone set We can't help set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing. Well, that's just dopey because Ocasio Cortez doesn't know anything. She's right that in the early part of the 20th century, all the way up to JFK, maybe even beyond, the United Fruit Company exploited Central America. Before that, the European nations did. So it's always been exploited. But they've had plenty of time to get up and running, to stop the corruption down there. And that's what kills the people. It's corrupt. So we're going to solve the root causes, says Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The root causes. Here are the root cause. You want There's one root cause. The people don't like it there. That's it. That's the root cause. Okay. It's corrupt. The countries are corrupt. It's violent. Law enforcement is broken down. When it breaks down, hello, San Francisco, you have criminals that run wild. They extort the poor people in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. They kill you. They pollute entire neighborhoods with narcotics. No one stops them. You gonna stop them, Joe? You can't even stop people from coming into El Paso. You're going to go down there and stop that corruption? What a bunch of hooey. Okay, let's get on to rich people. Yeah, rich people in the USA. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, George Soros, Mike Bloomberg. All billionaires, as Bernie Sanders might say. He's a billionaire. Okay, well, they don't pay much tax? They don't pay it. And somebody leaked their personal tax returns from the IRS to an outfit called ProPublica yesterday. And ProPublica, which is an advocacy journalist group, published it. So, number one, to leak personal tax returns is a felony, federal crime. To publish leaked stuff is a felony. So, ProPublica, the administration, people who run it, should be arrested today. Today. It committed a felony. Will it be arrested by the Biden Justice Department? No, it won't. Okay? Now, it's true that Musk, Bezos, Buffett, Soros, and Bloomberg don't pay much personal income tax because they funnel all the money into their corporations. So, for example, a guy like Warren Buffett, one of the richest people in the world, he takes a salary of $100,000. So even though he's worth all this money, he pays personal tax on $100,000. That's it. Because everything else is involved with his corporation. He writes off everything. Now, is it legal to do that? Yes. Yes, it's legal. And people have been doing it for 80 years. Should it be legal? No. No. There should be a minimum tax based upon your corporation's value. So if Buffett is running Berkshire Hathaway, he should have to pay a minimum amount based on what he is accumulating in that corporation. Do you you understand? Buffett pays himself in stock, but he doesn't sell the stock. He just accumulates it, and the others do it, too. And if they need pin money, if they need a plane, if they need a, a dwelling, if they need to go somewhere, they write it off against the corporation. Now, the corporation pays tax, pays a corporate tax, but this is what this is. All right, It's not that these guys are miser. They're just doing what the tax code allows them to do. Trump does that, too. All right, You don't like it? Pass a new law based upon what the guy's compensation is other than cash i'm for that i can run three corporations i don't play this shell game by the way because mine are private corporations not public okay i pay what i have to pay and it's a lot so why does ProPublica do this well they want because this is a left-wing organization far left and if you don't believe me uh, the startup on ProPublica came from Soros money and a bunch of other far-left people. They gave ProPublica money to start up, and they came back and bit George Soros right in the butt because he didn't pay any taxes for three years, according to ProPublica, okay? who committed a felony by printing all this information. Anyway, what the far-left wants is they want to tax what you have even if you don't sell it. So if you have a mansion worth $20 million, they want to tax that mansion based upon assessed value. Every year, not just property taxes that you pay locally, they want the Feds to come in. And if you have stock in a company, even though you don't sell it, they want to tax that unrealized gain. That's what the socialists want to do and the communists. That's unconstitutional. Okay, because that's money that you've already paid tax on. Now, in the, and that's the loophole. So Buffett and, and uh, Musk and Bezos, they say, not going to take a lot of cash. I'm going to take it in stock. You take it in stock, you should have to pay a percentage on it, but not after that, one time. All right. So everybody's being deceived. ProPublica, I, I, you can't be having the IRS leak stuff. So you put pro-publica, you charge him with a felony, you say, we'll, we'll send you to jail for 10 years, but if you tell us who leaked it, we'll give you five. And then we'll find out who did it in the IRS. That's how you do it. Will that happen? No. Boom. Because the federal government's corrupt. It is. Any questions on that, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. It's very important. It's an important story. So let me know. San Francisco needs the FBI in there. City's totally collapsed, and I've said this many times: one of the most beautiful cities on this earth. So San Francisco's population of about 850,000 and falling. Rents are out of control, but people cannot go out of their homes in the City by the Bay because thugs are running wild. They're everywhere. Drug addicts, in particular, everywhere. The streets are full of waste. Uh, Children are watching the most heinous things go on right before their eyes. People are sleeping on your front stoop, and nothing is being done about it. Crime is up in almost every category. Human sex trafficking in San Francisco up 20% this time as compared to last year this time. I mean, this this is a city that has lost all supervisory capacity there is no quality of life left in San Francisco it's stunning it's like Portland Oregon said so, but that's a different thing because Antifa has ruined that city but the, but if you, I I mean I've been to San Francisco 20 25 times always had a great time there I was there a couple of years ago okay and it was bad but it wasn't this and the reason this is happening is the D.A. is named Chesa Bodine. His mother and father were in the Weather Underground in the 1960s. The Weather Underground committed murders. So Chesa Bodine was elected, all right, and he's now facing a recall petition, but he's elected in 2019. He simply isn't prosecuting crimes. You can steal under $1,000 in San Francisco, and this guy won't prosecute you. What do you think is happening? CVS and Walgreens. They're all pulling out. It's an armed camp. I mean, this is like what happens in the third world when there's a dictator who has no control over anything. That's in San Francisco. Okay. You guys elected him. You guys who live out there put in this far left progressive apparatus. You guys deserve what you're getting. But I feel sorry for the children. That's what I feel sorry for. And while we're on the uh, crime scene, I'll give you an update on Killing the Mob. Five weeks out, about 250,000 copies sold, quarter of a million. It'll be uh, number one on the New York Times list this coming Sunday again. We thank you all for supporting the book. The reason that Killing the Mob is doing so well is it accurately portrays organized crime. They are evil people. And we back it up, and it's also got amazing stories. That you have never heard so anyway that made me think about uh, the Godfather movies and the television program The Sopranos and one of the stars of this uh, of The Sopranos a guy named Steve Sharippa, you may be seeing him on Blue Bloods now that's uh, probably the best show on TV Blue Bloods but anyway you remember him and this week is the anniversary of the last episode of The Sopranos in 2007, this week. Now, Steve uh, has a podcast, Talking Sopranos, along with another uh, actor, Michael Imperioli, who is also in the program. And he's also got an upcoming book, Woke Up This Morning, The Definitive Oral History of The Sopranos. And Mr. Schripper joins us now from Laguna, California, where he is living large, no pun intended, how you doing, Steve? Good morning, buddy. I haven't seen
1: you in a while. Good to see you.
0: Good to see you. Yeah, we usually uh, commiserate at the Knicks games. Um, yeah. Now, the impression that worldwide people have of the mob, a lot of it is your fault. You, Gandolfini and all you guys are so good at what you do that it almost brings a sympathy to organized crime. Am
1: I wrong? You know, I don't think so, Bill. You know, listen, I grew up around that, you know, uh, those guys. And they are bad people and they do bad things, not, to, not just to each other. Uh, some people out there seem to think it's a joke. Uh, you know what I mean? They, they think to, to emulate or act like a mobster, it's like a joke you know, kind of, I I don't get it, that they're not real characters, they're not real people, they're cartoons. What I do think about The Sopranos, it is a slice of Italian-American life that needed to be told. I don't think it was glorified, it's just very real. The mob does exist in America and, and around the world, and I think David Chase, who's Italian himself, and most of the actors were, needed to Tell this story. I mean, this is
0: real. It happens. All right. So now when you do your podcast uh, with Imperioli, um, what is the essence of that? What do people want to know about the program?
1: So we have a guest on. We've had just about 98% of the cast members, right? So uh, we have a guest. We talk to them about their experience on the show, uh, about how uh, you know, how they auditioned, what they read for their background. Then me and Michael, we go through each episode. We started episode one. We're now in season five and we break down each episode scene by scene. And we talk about it. We talk about the acting. We talk about behind the scenes stuff that we remember, uh, and so on and so on. Michael's much more technical than me. He wrote five episodes. He uh, talks about camera angles and shots, and I'm more about what was happening in the scene, you know, so... Now,
0: why do you, uh, why do you think people are so interested um, 14 years after the program went off the air? What, what is it about The Sopranos that has captured the imagination well, of listen, millions of people?
1: Bill, no, th- th- there's a lot of younger people watching it that's why we did the podcast there's a whole group of people younger people in their 20s college age in their late 20s that were too young to watch it then their parents watched it what it holds up perfectly besides the cars and the cell phones it could have been written yesterday i think tony soprano is a murderer he's a cheater he's a thief Yet the audience rooted for him. I think people relate to him, his family. He's got the same problems as everyone else. It's coming at That's him. That's true. Time.
0: My son, 17, is now watching The Sopranos, and I said, "If you say any of the words that those guys say, you got to answer to me." See, I'm the real Godfather here, Steve. You know I what I'm talking the, about? You know what I'm I saying,
1: saying it, to I'm you? you? I never doubted you for a second. I know.
0: I know <laughs> I'm, I'm letting him watch it, but I don't want him to adopt the mannerisms. Now, interestingly enough, you you play 180 degrees opposite character on Blue Bloods, which is, I think, the finest uh, written program on the air today. And the ensemble we cast, know. just like The Sopranos, you guys are so good, every single one of them. Um, but know. I like the Blue Bloods better because uh, the police are heroes, generally speaking, in my mind, Whereas I said, the organized crime, they're evil. Now, when this you is go what out I like. on a, Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: This is what I like. When I was on The Sopranos, I would have fat, sweaty mobsters come to me and give me tips <laughs> on how to kill someone. I'm not kidding you. In a bar. Me and Michael were there. The guy told us how to strangle someone from behind, dead serious. Right. At least. Well, on Blue Bloods, I have cops and detectives who I respect. I, I love cops. Uh, I respect totally. And they come up to me and they say, we love what you're doing, how you portray us. And I say, do you believe me as a detective? And when they say they do, that makes me extremely happy.
0: Well, look, you're a good actor, Steve. And uh, everyone who's ever seen you in anything knows that. So I want people to go to TalkingSopranos.com. TalkingSopranos.com. You get the podcast. Steve's new book will be out. You can uh, get up to speed on that. And uh, we wish you the very best, as always, Steve. We'll see you when you get back to New York, I hope.
1: Thank you, man. Good to see you. Go Knicks. We had a good season. Good season. That's right. Coach of the year. Out, but the, the city really needed the Knicks this season, and they came through. So I'll see you in the fall at a nick okay. game. Okay.
0: All right. This is a fascinating story. So at um, Lake Highlands High School in Dallas, Texas, an affluent high school, uh, a valedictorian was selected. Her name is Paxton Smith. She wrote her address and, as in most high schools, submitted it to her advisors at the high school. Um for a once over. And they said, okay, this address looks good. Um, and you go ahead and, and deliver the valedictorian. Okay. The problem was Paxton did a bait and switch. So the speech she gave to the high school personnel wasn't a speech he gave. Go
1: to tell you that this is a problem. And it's a problem that cannot wait. And I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights, a war on the rights of your mothers, a war on the rights of your sisters, a war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent.
0: Okay, so she gave a pro-abortion speech. woman did, young woman, Paxson Smith. All right. So if I'm the principal, let's go, I'm a little teed off. You know, uh, now does the uh, salutatorian give a pro-life speech to balance it out? No, because nobody knew this was going to happen. Total ambush. Okay. So the Texas abortion law, which was passed a couple of weeks ago, May 19th, says that after a fetal heartbeat, is recorded by a physician, you cannot abort a fetus in the state of Texas. All right? That's a pretty tough law. So it's about six weeks. And it also allows private citizens to sue abortion providers personally. If they screw up or if they're doing damage psychologically, if a woman has an abortion and then she uh, has mental problems or emotional problems, which often happens, you can sue the abortion provider. It's a pretty tough law. Pretty tough. So that's what uh, Paxton Smith was talking about. She objects to that law. Now, why? Because in Paxton Smith's world, I can assure you, this is what she hears. This is what she hears. Now, I don't object to Paxton or any other teenager formulating opinions about policy. What I do object to is this massive propaganda wave that has overwhelmed American young people. So there are two sides to this story. Okay, obviously you are destroying a living being. Once a fetal heartbeat is detected, that means we have a living being. Does Paxton Smith know this? Does she care? I don't know. But it's true. It's a fact. Has she been given that information? That's the problem with abortion. So you have a a number of medical scientific facts that are just obliterated by the pro-choice media and the far left. They're obliterated. You don't count if you believe that abortion is wrong. You don't count. You're a loon or an extremist. And then you say you fall back on the science, and there's silence. Okay. If I were the principal, I would issue a public statement that Paxson Smith betrayed her position during the graduation. That's it. Now, Paxson Smith is a martyr. Okay, and of course, Hillary Clinton tweets, this took guts. Thank you for not staying silent, Paxton, because Hillary Clinton is an abortion zealot. All right. She couldn't care less about fetal heartbeats, souls, bodies, potential human being, human being. No, she doesn't care. I wouldn't want to be Hillary Clinton if there is a judgment day, and I'm saying that with all sincerity, if there is a judgment day, I would not want to be Hillary Clinton or anyone else who, pro- who promotes this life-ending procedure. Just my belief. Okay, I'm not imposing it on anybody. I'm giving you my opinion. All right. So um, there was also in sound on tape from two programs that I want to play you. This is predictable, but I think you should hear it. The View, go. The thing about this is that I feel as though, um, I feel the young people are getting their act together. I, th- I see it in the uh, climate change activism, and I see it in the Republican Party. Republicans under 30 were more likely than, more than twice as likely than those older than 45 to believe that Biden was the legitimate winner. Okay, so um, according to her, another zealot, Um, young people are getting their act together because they believe the way she does, right? If they believed that abortion was wrong, they wouldn't be getting their act together. This is Disney. And by the way, here's something interesting that I just learned. The executives at ABC News that control the view had a conversation with all of the panelists and told them to stop the hatred. Stop it, or they would be dismissed. So Disney has threatened the Palinolists on The View that if they continue the extremism, they're gone, which is why Behar moderated her statement. A month ago, she would have been crazed, but now she knows her job is on the line. Disney knows, even though it's a far-left company, The anger building against The View, and because it's run by ABC News, all right, it's bleeding over into that organization. Now, here's NBC News. Go.
1: Last thing before we go tonight, a young woman in Texas who showed more
0: bravery than we see from our elected representatives these days. Her name is Paxton Smith, and she was valedictorian of her class at Lake Highlands High School in the Dallas suburbs. Okay, so that man is a Roman Catholic, and he's applauding what Paxton Smith said, just so you know. OK, let's get to the vax. So Joe Biden says that the United States is going to donate 500 million doses of the Pfizer vax okay, to foreign countries. That will cost the taxpayers $3.5 billion. So what do you think about that? Here's my take. By donating this... To these countries that are under siege from COVID still, remember, we're lucky. Because of the Trump administration, we got the vax first and most effectively in seven months. That's a miracle. But India and Canada and other countries, they don't have a vax. Japan, so they're still going crazy. All right. So goodwill, we donate, we're going to give it to them. They're not buying it. All right. Yes. Right. Check. Saves lives? Check. Yes, absolutely saves lives. The vax in America has saved a million lives, I think. And that if we had to go on with this for two more years, I think it'd be another million dead. It's about 620,000 dead now. I think it'd be a million six. Okay. So if it's going to get goodwill and it's going to save lives and we're the country that is noble we do it right yeah we do it if I were the president I would I would spend more than 3.5 billion to do it because that's what America is we are the most brilliant country I mean we invite we invented that vax they couldn't do it in Europe couldn't do it in the Far East couldn't do it in India couldn't do it China couldn't do it Russia couldn't do it we did it. And now that most of our population is vaxxed, we'll share. Fauci. So he mad. Dr. Anthony Fauci is angry because he's getting hammered in the press. So he goes on to a very friendly show, MSNBC's Meet the Press. I, I think they may change the name of that show to Meet the Corrupt Media. Chuck Todd is the guy who runs that show, Roll the Tape.
1: It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite
0: frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people. And there was pushback against me. I mean, that's just absurd. So Anthony Fauci is the science. Anthony Fauci, in the beginning of the pandemic, said, don't wear a mask. It's not going to help you. That's the science, Anthony. And then a couple of months ago, he said, wear double masks. You can't go out unless you have two of them on. That's the science. Look, I have no animus against Dr. Fauci. I'm not one of those trying to drive him into the ground. I'm not. I know who he is. He's a political guy. He does what he's told to do in the Trump administration. He was told in the beginning to downplay this virus because the Trump administration did not want financial panic in the markets or social panic. So it was looking for any way to be hopeful, not to cover up the difference, but Donald Trump wanted to be hopeful that we were going to get this under control. Okay. Fauci did what his bosses told him. And then when Biden came in, Fauci does what they tell him to do. That's who he is. He's not science. He's obsequiousness. (laughs) Word of the day. Houston, private hospital, major hospital, Houston Methodist, okay? Got about 25,000 employees. Well, 178 of those will not get vaxxed. So Houston Methodist is firing them, okay? They're suspending them, but believe me, they're not going to come back to work unless they get vaxxed. This is 178 out of 25,000. So as you may know, Texas, the governor of Texas and the the legislature said, look, you can't can't do that on state property. So if it was a state-run hospital, all right, um, you couldn't do that. But in a private setting, and that's what United Methodist Hospital is, private, you can. So if I'm running the hospital, do I do this? Yes, I do. Because the vax is working. And if you're in a hospital where people are weak, they are ravaged with disease, and you are unvaxed, you are a danger According to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Media. So May is over and uh, the monthly ratings come out. I'm not going to dwell on this. You know what's happening. You have to know. All right. Cable news ratings and network news ratings are all disappearing. All right. And the reason is that there's no trust factor anymore. I did this on radio today that people just don't trust what they hear, which is why you're listening to me. All right. Because, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Even if it goes against my belief system, I'm not going to ignore a story. I'm going to give you the most important stories of the day every day without any kind of uh, agenda. All right. So these are the cable news ratings primetime. Primetime is 8 to 11, three hours. All right, Fox News is down 37%. CNN, 45%. Almost half their audience. MSNBC down 22%. But MSNBC's primetime numbers are much, much lower than Fox. So even though they fell... In a drastic way, it, the percentage wasn't as high. Fox is way up there when Donald Trump was in office because people were watching Fox who liked Donald Trump. Okay? But now, I don't know. I don't see it coming back. Could be wrong. Cyber attacks. So the latest one is on meat, um, and they closed down some meat processing plants for 48 hours. You'll remember the colonial pipeline led to gas shortages. And now there's a a cyber attack on ferries in Massachusetts. Okay? They take people to Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. And they've been hacked. So this is going to continue. So the FBI says that the meats thing was done by Russians. All right? And the colonial pipeline was done by Russians. Not the Russian government, but people working out of Russia. And I'm going to go out on a limb by saying Putin's not real concerned about this. So how do you solve this problem? Because it's becoming an intense problem. It's not hard. Congress writes a law, two pages, not 2,000. It says any attack in cyberspace, you've got to define it, on American institutions, private business, or citizens, is going to be lawfully categorized as a terror act. On our infrastructure, on our industry, on people, on our politicians, any attack on our system is going to be put under the heading of an act of terror. Number one, that becomes a federal crime. Number two, the penalties for the federal crime, as defined in the new law, would be heinous. And Number three, it gives a pre decides to use it to obliterate those people, those hackers, literally obliterate them. I think you might see a decline in hacking. If that law were passed. Why wouldn't it be passed? Why wouldn't they do it? I can't think of a reason. All right? We can't bring social justice. In- Apply to people within the United States as well. Can't say it's society's fault that hackers are doing it. Can't. Why wouldn't you pass it? Everybody should vote for that. Am I wrong? Let me know. Bill at BillO'Reilly.com. Bill at BillO'Reilly.com. This day in history, June 3rd, 2013, Uh, the trial against Bradley, now Chelsea Manning, a trans person, began. This is the WikiLeaks case. So Manning was an Army private, and he betrayed his country, violated the Espionage Act, stealing government property. He put it out on WikiLeaks. Our enemies got it. U.S. personnel died because of it. And he was convicted of 17 counts. Manning was. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison in 2013. You'll remember President Obama commuted his sentence after Manning served seven years. Let him out. Now, in last year, March 11th, Manning tried to kill himself. And he was hospitalized. I don't know where he is now. She is now. Don't know where she is now. Okay, but it didn't end well for If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, let's wrap things up with the final thought. So I was not very surprised that the corporate media blacked out all mention of the tour, the history tour with Donald Trump. They don't want him to have any forum at all. That's what you see on social media. They want to black him out. They fear him so much. They don't want people to see or hear Donald Trump. So Associated Press, no mention. Reuters, no mention. Fox News, no mention. CNN, no mention. NBC, CBS, ABC, no mention. Nothing. Total blackout. That's a pretty big story. Okay. Now, Newsmax did mention. Okay. And Drudge mentioned. And uh, a number of the websites did. Um, of course, they some of them are very nasty. But, uh, you know, I expect it. New York Post's Cindy Adams broke the story, and we appreciate her very, very much. Um, But what this comes down to is a total censorship by the corporate media of Donald Trump. They fear that he may arise. Now, I didn't do this tour because of that. I did the tour because I want to get on the record what exactly happened inside the Trump White House. That's why I did it. So on BillOReilly.com, our website visitors up 72% yesterday, 72%. Our Facebook page up 1,000%. So you can see how once people hear about it, they're coming to BillOReilly.com. And, of course, we're going to tell you about it. All right. So that's the surge, 1,000% on our Facebook engagements. So, again, uh, put it up on the screen, please. We'll be... um, In Sunrise, Florida, that's Lauderdale, BB&T Center, December 11th. December 18th, Toyota Center, Houston, Texas. Next night, December 19th, Dallas, American Airlines Center. And we will have another show to announce very shortly. We're working on that for the 12th of December. It's going to be in the southeast someplace, I believe. And these things are very hard to uh, negotiate because we have the NBA. We have the National Hockey League. We have concerts. You know, every group in the world, they were starving for a year and a half. So Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, everybody's going out. So we are playing these arenas and we have to get the good dates for you. Now, if the president likes the four shows, I've got 20 more all over the country, but we can't go to Portland, Oregon. And I'm sorry, I'd like to go to Portland, Oregon, but we can't go to crazy places. San Francisco, can't go to San Francisco, can't go to crazy places. Right, but we will spread it out so everybody will get an opportunity to see us. And once again, premium membership um, gets you advance sale beginning on Thursday for the Trump tour on BillO'Reilly.com. Okay, so that's it. Um, I hope you enjoyed the No Spin News this evening, and we'll see you tomorrow.